Top of the morning to you, Rasa. Same to you, Dad. How are you today? I'm doing good. Are you ready to know everything? Yes, I am. Let's go, go, go. Today, I want to teach you maybe the single biggest obstacle to being happy and successful and how to avoid it. Huh. Tell me what it is. Being perfect. That is your obstacle. But wouldn't being perfect help you? So you'd think. But no one and nothing is perfect. So if you aim for perfection, it can really screw you up. Could you elaborate? Definitely. A little more than 15 years ago, Mom and I got engaged to be married. Our wedding was a big deal. Her family was coming. My family was coming. Hundreds of friends would be there. Our whole community, near and far. Whoa, that's a lot of people. Yeah, it's like the ultimate birthday party for both of us. <laughs> and getting married makes a lot of couples melt down, just like birthday parties make a lot of kids melt down. Because there's this giant pressure people put on one another or themselves to have one perfect day. Oh, no. Mom did the opposite, though. We started planning what we wanted to do, where we wanted to do it, who would come, how it would all work. And you know what mom said before we got into the nitty gritty? What? Let's not have a perfect wedding. <laughs> she took the pressure off. She said, let's have a good wedding, a fine wedding, a fun wedding. Let's do our best, but let's not freak out. It's just <laughs> one day. That seems very smart. Our wedding was awesome. It was Thanksgiving weekend, and we rented out a Chinese restaurant to feed everyone. We had friends and family put on a talent show the night before. <laughs> we had a boys versus girls kickball game the next morning, and we got married in a movie theater. Awesome. Yeah, it was better than perfect because it was real. There's even this saying I've encountered since. The perfect is the enemy of the good. What that means is trying to be perfect gets in the way of how good you can be if you just be yourself and do your best, whatever that is. Wow. And that applies to weddings or political agreements or work assignments or almost anything. Your best has to be good enough. Otherwise, you're setting yourself up for heartbreak, disappointment, or worse. So, to be happy and successful, you just be yourself, your best self. Not your perfect self. Right. That's good and all, but I still have a question. What? Who won the kickball game? Are you ready for today's poem? Yes, I am. It's called March Here by James Schuyler. Wet the tide out. Donald's garage. Neon sign, left on all night. A red pulse, pale, under the skin, throbs when you turn your head. Light, tall in the sky, walks over towers. The hard-running river, in your neck. The steady pulse, gently beats, damp from your bath. Your body exhales, a soft wet smell of March.
Whoa, I really feel like I'm there. Can I read it? Absolutely. March Here by James Schuyler. Wet. The tide out. Donald's garage neon sign. Left on all night. A red pulse. Pale under the skin. Throbs when you turn your head. Light tall in the sky. Walks over towers the hard-running river. In your neck, the steady pulse gently beats. Damp from your bath, your body exhales. A soft, wet smell of March. Beautifully read. This really interesting mix of external images and sounds from a neon sign to light on office buildings to a river running by to the pulse of blood under the skin and in the neck and throughout the body connecting the running of light and nature and city life to blood and breath in the body yeah what do you think of this method of collage poetry where it doesn't have a lot of verbs saying who's doing what it just has what's happening one thing after another yeah i really like that i also think it's really smart because it says one thing and you think that's the end like the tied out donald's garage neon sign but then in the next part it says Left on all night, a red pulse, pale under the skin throbs. And then it continues the throb and it says throbs when you turn your head. So it's just always an ongoing thing, even when you think it ended. Yeah, it's like the sign is blinking, but also your heartbeat is blinking. Exactly. Now, it is March when we're reading this poem, but mm-hmm. you could do a similar poem for any other time of the year or any other month. And meanwhile, March here, which is the title of the poem, is different than March there. It sounds like he's maybe in New York City or someplace like that. There's neon signs. There's also a tide going in and out, so he's by the ocean. There's towers. None of those things are true where we are. We've got blood going through our bodies. We've got rivers. But what would you pick for a collage of March here in Montana? Hmm. Maybe something similar, but with less neon Donald's garage signs. Elk on the mountain? Yes. Able to dribble basketballs again? Exactly. First bike ride of the season? Mm-hmm. Soon, there'll be ice cream trucks. Chocolate, vanilla, strawberry on my tongue. Last segment of the show. Do you have a vexing question for me? Yes. We have a vexing question from Jose in Miami, Florida. In the game of tennis, the scoring goes 15, then 30, then 40. But shouldn't it be 15 to 30 to 
45 if they're going up by 15 every time? Ooh, you know, I actually was on the tennis team for about 10 minutes my freshman year of high school, and I know how to score in tennis, but I don't know why the scoring is that way. I better look it up, grab my racket, hit a few balls, and see what I find. Sound all right? Sounds good. I'm back, and I've got the answer to Jose's vexing question. There are several competing theories as to why one point in tennis equals 15, and two points equals 30, but three points equals 40, not 45. One is that tennis is based on a much older game, jeu de palme, where players used their hands instead of a racket. Whoa, that sounds kind of painful. Players started 90 feet apart, but if you scored, you could move 15 feet closer, and then 15 feet again, but only 10 feet closer the third and final time. Otherwise, two players who had both scored three times would be standing in the exact same spot. Oh, that makes sense. Think about it. If you're 90 feet from me and you both go 45 feet, our noses would be right on top of each other. They sure would. I'd have to climb on your shoulders. (laughs) You Must Know Everything is produced by me, Jeremy Smith, and her, Rasa Smith, with awesome music by Furniture. Learn more and submit your own vexing questions at our website, youmustknoweverything.com. Subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Android, Spotify, or however you like to listen, and hear dozens of previous episodes for free. Please rate, review, and share the show with friends. And please join us next time for everything you need to know.